This is Lovey Dummies. I'm David. And I'm Perlan. Thanks for joining us. Stack up all the choices you'll ever have to make in life. Which school to attend, which job to take, which friends to choose, which car or house do you buy. And they're dwarfed by the decision about which person you marry. Your marriage will join you body and soul to another human. Your marriage will determine the mother or father of your future children. It can strengthen or hinder your effectiveness for God. It can bring you a lifetime of joy or leave you miserable. Welcome, Pearl. Welcome, Dave. Tonight, we don't have any guests. No, this is something we're calling date night, where we're going to talk about some questions and do a little reflection, maybe? Yeah, well, uh, tonight's episode is very important because uh, this is, I think, most of our friends would like to hear because uh, most of our friends are within the marrying age. <laughs> yes. Lots of our friends are getting married. Yeah. So I think this is very timely, uh, at least for um, others who haven't gotten married yet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So these are questions, basically, that you're supposed to ask before you get married, right? So you can be engaged to be married and still, I mean, you can be in a relationship too. Yeah. Not necessarily engaged, but these are important questions to ask before you get married. Uh, by the way, this is from the book called Boy Meets Girl by Josh Harris. It's one of the books that I already minimized to other people, <laughs> but I say this one. What do you mean one. by minimize? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I kind of like gotten rid of it from my bookshelf. Just right, you because, gave it to somebody else. Yeah, I gave so it to somebody else as a present. Uh, when my cousin uh, got into a relationship, I thought this book would be very helpful for her. Uh, at that time, I was very single, so I didn't have any practical use for <laughs> yeah. the book anyway. Right. But I saved this chapter. I copied this chapter just for my reference in the future. And so this is what we're going to be talking about tonight. Cool. And shout out to the minimalists. <laughs> okay, so uh, these are actually 10 questions that you can reflect on, or you can ask yourself, or you can discuss it as a couple. But we're going to be, for this episode, we're going to be only talking about the first five. Mm. Yes, and we would also like to hear your comments, if you have any comments about uh, the things that we are going to discuss tonight. Yeah, send us a love note, loveydummies.com slash contact. So the first question, is your relationship centered on God and his glory? So I guess we should state up front that this is more Christian geared, I think, this set of questions. I think it's important because it's easy to expect a lot of things from your spouse mm -hmm. uh, and a relationship that is centered on the other person means there's a lot of expectations and a lot of things that you are trying to get I guess like things that you need you know things not necessarily that you I mean these are things that you actually do need mm -hmm. but 
maybe not necessarily that from a Christian perspective, your spouse is able to give you. And so uh, a relationship, I think, that is centered on your spouse is going to be in trouble because your spouse is imperfect and going to disappoint you at times. Most of the times? Most of the time. And so, um, yeah, when you're expecting perfection from your spouse, it's, it's a relationship that's destined for failure. Yeah. Uh, also, well, um, what I first thought about this was just like marriage is ultimately for God's glory. It's like uh, maybe the important question is, uh, are you getting married for the glory of God? Because, like, if you get married with someone, this is actually one of the reasons why many uh, married couples ended up getting divorced is because uh, they don't share the same values. Mm. But uh, for Christians, uh, Christ is the value system itself. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, though, not all churchgoers or even people who call themselves or label themselves Christians, living a Christ-centered life. So this is a very important question to ask. If the person is submitted to God, if the person is obedient to his word, and uh, if the person is striving to find the soul satisfaction in God, I think that's the important thing. It's like, are you satisfied in God first? Because nothing else can satisfy you if you're not First satisfied in Christ, right? Well, even your partner. Oh, If for you're sure. trying to find your satisfaction in your partner, mm-hmm. you're not always going to be able to do that. So, Okay, number two. So number two is, are you growing in friendship, communication, fellowship, and romance? So why don't we unpack these four important elements in a relationship? Mm-hmm. Uh, so a marriage relationship uh, should have all four of these elements. So first is... Friendship. What can you say about friendship? Uh, well, it's it's a basic question. Do you enjoy spending time with this person? It's just like any other friendship that you have in your life. I think. Can you can you share things with this person? Yeah, uh, I read an article before in um, like a a secular magazine that said, imagine this friend is uh, not the opposite sex. Would you still enjoy hanging out with this mm. person? So because, like, you know, uh, in romantic relationship, there's always the romantic element Mm -hmm. or the physical attraction. But the test of friendship is, can you imagine if you ended up being the same gender, would you be able to hang out together, enjoy doing things together and things like that? If your answer is yes, then you pass the friendship (laughs) test. Hooray. (laughs) Okay. So the the second one is communication. What does that mean, Pearl? (laughs) Okay, uh, there's a question here from the book. It says, have you, um, have you grown in your ability to hear and understand each other? So hearing and understanding, I think, are two different things that we have to, we have to know. Like, uh, what's the difference between hearing and understanding? Hearing and understanding. So hearing is listening sort of at the basic level where you under you hear and comprehend the language that is being thrown at you, whereas understanding is really more... Uh, it, it doesn't necessarily mean the words that someone is saying to you, but really understanding the meaning behind those words, because you're, you know, when you talk, you're communicating more than just the words that you're saying. Yeah, that's right. So actually, uh, 
Dave and I came from different countries, so we have uh, cultural differences in terms of communication. And even though we both can speak English, <laughs> or we both speak English, yes. uh, we we still have like we still have a lot of miscommunications, just in the sense that. Um, a certain word or a certain expression could mean different to me culturally mm-hmm. and to Dave culturally. So sometimes I would interpret it uh, the way my my you know cultural based on my cultural background, and so right. it can cause some problems. <laughs> 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 but uh, the good thing about that is, um, of course, uh, every relationship will have room for improvement. So Mm -hmm. uh, it's important to realize or to ask yourself, uh, is there, you know, are you both growing in terms of understanding and hearing maybe at the beginning? Or sometimes it it can be rough. Mm -hmm. But um, the whole point is like, you know, no relationship is perfect. So the good thing about it is if you see any growth, Mm -hmm. I think you're, you're on the right track. I think another good measuring stick is are you attacking or are you facing your problems rather than avoiding them? There are relationships out there, or at least there's people out there, that I believe are simply looking for a good time or they're looking for, uh, they're pursuing happiness ultimately, I think is what they're looking for. And so communication being a part of that in the sense that that if problems come up or miscommunications happen, their, their only prerogative is to look for happiness. And since facing problems is not going to give them happiness, they'd rather just avoid them altogether and seek something else. And so that's, I think, you know, a relationship that's headed towards marriage is one that isn't afraid to face problems head on because your goal is to get through it, right? You want to get through it and you want to get closer together. (laughs) Yeah. And I also want to add that um, if you're going to get married, you will encounter lots of difficult situations. It may not be, you know, between the two of you, but like, you know, life struggles, illnesses, Mm -hmm. things like that, bankruptcy and like what else? Just like difficult life problems. So you have to be able to be strong enough and understanding enough to stay all night and wrestle with the issue and get to a resolution. It's like, do we need to move to this place or do we need to sell the house or Mm. do we need to do this and do that? I think um, it's, it's very important that you can communicate well and that you can communicate openly. Right. And honestly, because mm-hmm. uh, sometimes people would just be like, okay, whatever you want, whatever you want. But deep inside, they have like reservations on that thing. Mm. And they're just, you know, letting themselves to be dragged along. But then when the going gets really, really tough, that's when they just wanted to let go of everything and give up. So communication, <laughs> we can't stress yeah. enough. Well, I mean, that, as, yeah. as long as you're letting, as long as you're you're setting aside some part of yourself or as long as you're leaving space for fear to creep in, I think, it's, it's going to end up controlling you at some point. You're going to get paralyzed by it, and it's going to start controlling 
your actions. It's going to start controlling your motivations, and uh, it's ultimately going to start controlling your relationship. Right. Oh, well, I just want to add, um, maybe this is the last point that I want to add in terms of communication. I think uh, your partner's love language is also very important. Mm-hmm. So some people may be like, you know, they, they may think that they're expressing their whole heart, like their whole love and affection to their partners, but they feel unappreciated mm. just because the other person is not getting it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not their love language. So right. uh, we really recommend that you get to know what your partner's love language is because it, it can really smoothen the relationship a lot. Do you think there are any things in a relationship that would it would actually be wiser to talk to uh, a close friend about rather than uh, your actual partner? Like I think there's there's some cases maybe in terms of in terms of communication, just about um, you know things that you're thinking about or thoughts that you've had. Um, that would be better discussed with someone outside the situation, do you think? I think that there are things like that, but if the problem is concerned, or the issue, rather, mm-hmm. if the issue concerns, like, really, really kind of, like, personal information about your partner that you can't let other people know, you first discuss yeah. it. Like, well, I think you need to be careful, certainly, yeah, yeah. about those things. But uh, I think... Uh, outside perspective is, of course, very, very helpful. Mm. But in terms of, like, if we're talking about marriage counseling or you want to check whether uh, this person is, you know, you want to get counsel, whether this person is uh, good for you or matches you, I think uh, you both can go to uh, a counselor, which is a third party, Mm. Uh, so that the the counselor can give you an unbiased opinion just to um, give you, uh, like, you know, an outsider's perspective on how, you know, a different kind of, like, angle. Yeah, kind of, like, say the same thing. Yeah, well, I think, I, think, uh, I think the key thing here to take away is not that you need to be keeping secrets, mm-hmm. <laughs> obviously, because that's not that's the opposite of communication. But uh, I think it's I think it's also important to to state to people that having an out, outside opinion and perspective on things is sometimes healthy and helpful. If there's something that you need to tell your partner, but you're not totally sure how to say it, I think talking to someone else first mm. can sometimes be help, like someone that you can trust, obviously. But right, um, just to be just to make sure that you're not that you're not blinded, I guess, by your own bias or your own needs, I think. Right, right. Okay, how about the third one? So fellowship is the next one, and that has more to do with uh, spiritual stuff Mm -hmm. in terms of, again, like a Christian perspective, I think. So, yeah, uh, maybe you can ask yourselves, like, do you talk about spiritual things? Do you pray together? Do you love God more today as a result of your relationship? I think uh, these three are very, very important um, questions to ask uh, because can two walk together unless they agree? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's true. But I think it's important 
um, as a couple that you guys can talk about. I mean, if you guys are Christians, or if I think it's it might be true of, of any religion, really, mm. um, that you guys can talk about those things together and that you can pray together and that you're able to seek God together. Because that's, that's part of what a marriage is for Christians. Yeah, I think also praying is very important just because uh, praying is, uh, I imagine prayer as being naked in front of the Lord, like soul naked, I'm saying. Soul naked, right. okay? Not physically. <laughs> yeah, not physically naked. It's like we're, we were clothed in righteousness when we pray, so, but we are spiritually naked before God as in like we humble ourselves and let uh, God see through us our real motives and intentions. And if you can't pray with your partner for some reason, I think there's a problem with that just because you can't share the deepest um, mm. needs of your soul. Uh, yeah, I think we there's a certain um, element of vulnerability that opens up when we pray. So to be honest, I can't really pray deep prayers with people I am not close with mm. because I, I, I'd like to pray spontaneously. Like I don't want to filter anything. And sometimes I can get emotional, I cry and things like that. And if I'm praying with someone who's not close to me or I think who would not understand why I'm praying, right. it's, it's really not going to work. Yeah, I think there's, there's certainly people out there that, you know, they can have a good friendship, they can have good communication, they can both be church-going folks, but not necessarily have that fellowship sort of connection. And it could be, it could be like a, a sort of a vulnerability thing for them. You know, that's praying with, with somebody is, you know, it does make you vulnerable. Yeah, it's like uh, showing your brokenness before God. Mm. And sometimes we always want to appear strong and beautiful and like lovely, you mm. know, but we, we have broken places. Mm. Uh, we have uh, fear. We have anger issues, we have all things like that. The last one is growing in romance. And this one's pretty obvious, I think. You know, are your affections for each other increasing? If they aren't, why do you think they're, they're not there? Are you just trying to make things work when your heart isn't really in it? I think this is like, you know, a very important element because I think the driving force of why you are going to do the scary first move, like, you know, at the beginning of the relationship, I think it has a lot to do with romance too because it's, it's scary to be rejected and it's scary to kind of like express yourself. And it was like, uh, you got to be careful, got to estimate. Well, I can say that. The romance aspect, I think this is what most relationships have in the beginning, mm. certainly. Mm. But many people experience sort of a tapering after a while. I think that's typical and normal. And as you settle into the relationship, things sort of, I don't want to say the word fizzle, but they don't, they aren't calm as... Calm down. Yeah, the it, things... It calms they, down. <laughs> they get a little, a little bit more calm, I think. And so... Uh, that's when I think a lot of people are liable to bail, <laughs> to bail on a relationship. But this is what I think. Uh, I feel like uh, if the relationship is growing, the romantic area can also grow. 
I think that's why there are there are marriage coaches around. Mm-hmm. It's just you know when when you get married, life is going to be tough, and you're going to have to deal with uh, money issues and things like that. But uh, if you can work on the romance aspect, like saving some time for date nights mm-hmm. or like. Um, Going out together and uh, doing romantic stuff, like especially before you have kids, I think um, it can cultivate. Like I think all things grow and all things die, and it's really the responsibility of the partners to keep it alive. Right, and I think this goes back to the first question because if you, I think if you put any pressure on any one of these aspects of your relationship, friendship, communication, fellowship, romance, you're liable to suffocate it. Mm. Um, and so when I think in, in cases where all a person is seeking is romance or all a person is seeking is self-satisfaction or happiness, they are liable to kind of snuff out the things that they're looking for because they're putting so much pressure on it. Mm. And Uh, especially in romance. You know, once they feel like the attraction is sort of worn off, then they're they're gone because that's all that they're that's all that they were looking for in that relationship. Right, right. So uh this uh, this book is teaching us that um all these four important elements uh should be there and you should be growing in all these areas. Um I think there are other materials out there that can teach you how to cultivate romance and cultivate like all these things how to communicate better but uh, like we said like you know sometimes the more you uh, put pressure on it the more you strain it mm. so the third question is are you clear on your biblical roles as man and woman uh, for Christians we have guidelines like uh, in Ephesians 5:22 to 24 and Colossians 3:18 about submission and respect and um but basically even if you're not a christian listening to us right now i'm sure you know uh what your role is as a man culturally and socially like for example men are usually the providers and they are the sort of like a head security in the family security in terms of like make sure uh he provides a house for the for the family or uh, in terms of financial security, and security in terms of like keeping intruders away from the family, that anything that is harmful for the family. So uh, we see, like, you know, that's our idea of men. And women uh, are the ones, of course, bearing children and taking care of them culturally, usually doing the domestic chores and mm-hmm. things like that. But uh, we also know now that women are also helping. Uh, like, you know, I know a lot of women working and helping their husbands to generate more income. And personally, I don't see anything wrong with that. I think uh, women can be career people, can be CEOs, uh, can, be, can own their own, <laughs> can be Businesses. the boss yeah. of their own companies, <laughs> something like that, and still be a submissive wife. Because submission doesn't a submission is a hard issue. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have anything to do with your possession or with your uh, role in your uh, company or the amount of the 
amount of money you have, whether you're richer than the guy or things like that. I think submission is really a hard issue. So uh, the bottom line still would take us to the first one. Uh, are you submitted to God? Because mm-hmm. if, if you're not submitted to God, you're going to have a hard time submitting to your husband. And I think um, for the husband, uh, the husband is uh, the leader. So the husband should kind of like show decisiveness and like all those leadership characteristics so that uh, it works kind of like complementary. Like the husband leads and the the wife submits. Mm -hmm. So I guess even before marriage, you should be clear with that. Like, hey, I'm going to be the leader and you're going to be like, you know, not a follower actually, but a helpmate. That's how women were uh, described in the Bible, right? Helpmate. What do you think about a relationship where the roles are reversed? What uh, could you make that clearer? <laughs> uh, I th- just in in the sense of if there is a man who feels more comfortable doing the domestic role of a family versus a woman who feels like she's more of a leader, hmm. uh, someone who can provide for the family, because there's women out there that are, like you said, CEOs, COOs, they own their own business, and they can provide for their family. Yeah, uh, personally, I don't see anything wrong with that, because uh, there are even couples, believe it or not, that, uh, you know, a gay and lesbian couple fell in love, and so the woman probably thought she was the male physically and mentally and emotionally, and the the man... <laughs> this is so complicated to explain. <laughs> okay. But yeah. <laughs> well, you gotta you gotta be clear about what you're talking. Are you talking about same sex couples, or are you talking no. about transgender folks? Not necessarily transgender folks, because they didn't have any operations. Okay. They still maintain their physical, you know, their physical gender. Yeah, their physical gender, but they all only, it's only mentally and emotionally mm-hmm. that they are not female. They think, and then the male thinks she's the woman. And then they fell in love, and it works. Okay. Do you think there are men out there that know that they are men, but they just don't feel comfortable in the leadership role? Certainly, certainly. And I don't see anything wrong with that because uh, I I see some men, uh, they are like, they wanted to stay and take care of the kids. And I think... uh, it's okay because they're helping and they're, they don't have any problems with the relationship. So personally, I don't see anything wrong with it. I think the point is it's important to know what the roles are and that somebody is fulfilling each one, right? <laughs> <laughs> Whereas it's, it's, it's you know, I, I think a lot of people feel boxed in when it comes to this scripture in the Bible, that the, lead, the leader has to be the man and the, the helpmate has to be the woman, and these are the roles that you are confined to. Mm. And that's just the way that God designed us, you know. Uh, it, it seems as though the, just the, I think, if you look around, people are a lot more diverse 
than that. But I think, I think this is still an important question to ask just because there are roles in the marriage relationship and there's roles in a family that are extremely important and they need to be fulfilled by somebody. Mm. And so knowing, uh, and I think just the dynamic of a relationship, you know, somebody needs to be there making the decisions and leading the relationship forward. Otherwise, you're going to be waiting for someone to make a decision and you're just going to be stuck in one place, right? Yeah, uh, there are are some questions here that maybe you can share uh, to our listeners. Uh, It's written in the book. It says, if you're a woman, ask yourself, is this man, if this man is someone you could respect, submit to, and love? And then, um, because the Bible assigns a wife two primary responsibilities, which is respect and submission. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, it's basic for everybody to respect the other partner. Of course. So, and like you know, at some point you also have to submit. Why? Because you're not serving yourself. You're supposed to be serving the other person. Of course. And it's, it, it goes around. It's vice versa. So, and the question for the man is, if you're a man, are you currently initiating and leading in the relationship? Do you have the faith to lead this woman and serve her in love for a lifetime? Remember that, like, when we talk about these questions, it's always long-term. <laughs> it's a lifetime. Mm-hmm. So um, is, if submission and respect to this person is going to be burdensome for you, you got to think about Address it. Address it. Yeah. <laughs> you got to maybe talk about it, pray about it, ask, uh, seek counsel about yes, it. of course. But, yeah, submission and, and those things, respect, are all, are all essential just because that's there's you're not going to survive in a relationship with two people if you can't respect each other and you can't serve each other. Right, you right. Know, if you're always focused on yourself, the other person is eventually going to get edged out or they're just going to leave because, you know, they're not getting anything. Mm-hmm. It's all about you. Right, right. So let's move on to number four. Uh, question number four is, are other people supportive of your relationship? This is another really important one, I think. This is because if you are together in a relationship and you are not receiving support from other people, you, I think the, you're going to feel like the whole world is against you. Mm-hmm. That's true. You know, and it's just... Uh, you could you could even say it's like a Romeo and Juliet sort of situation where the, there are two sides fighting against each other and, and, you know, sort of like a forbidden love situation maybe. But uh, Also, who's going to attend your wedding? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you guys need to have friends that you can, I think, again, like what we were saying before about having people that you can trust, mm-hmm. that you can talk to about uh, things that you're unsure of in your relationship and just people that you can trust, I think. Mm. You know, uh, let's get real in this issue. I think uh, there are always people who may not like the relationship for some reason, mm-hmm. um, especially if your relationship is sort of like an unconventional relationship. Sure. Like, for example, there's age gap or, you know, things like that. Same sex. Yeah, same sex or what else? Or, for example, if either one of you is very rich and the other one is very poor, 
things like that. There you know, are wage gap. Mm. I think also even multicultural in some cases. Sure. Yeah. Um, so uh, don't expect that. I guess you should not be pressured uh, to be with someone just because other people are against it. However, we think that it's really you know it's good to have people backing you up because your marriage is going to be tough and it's going to encounter a lot of problems. And if you don't have people rooting for you in this marriage, they might just say, hey, friend, just give it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Leave the B. <laughs> Leave the B. <laughs> okay. So it's all about like people whom you can uh, get wise counsel, mm -hmm. who are going to root for you in this relationship, especially when the going gets tough. These are the people who will not say, hey, just abandon the ship. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I think also just in, in practical ways, folks that support you can help you, especially when, when it comes to having kids and having a family. Uh, those are the people that are probably going to help you, uh, you know, if you need a night out or something after you've had kids around for a while, then I think those are people that are going to come in and, and help you with your kids. And That's why I think your church family is very important if you're mm. a Christian or any other social circles which are like, you know, family friendly. Right. Yeah. The church for Christians, I think, is, a, is an, a, an incredibly important place to get support for your relationship and for your family. Right. Okay, moving on. This is uh, question number five, and this is going to be the last question that uh, we will be talking about for this date night episode. So It's a doozy. <laughs> okay, question number five. Is sexual desire playing too big or too small a part in your decision to get married? Why do you think uh, this question is important to ask, Dave? <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> Are you just so anxious to have sex with this person that you just want to put a ring on it so that you can... <laughs> so you, you can, can legitimately do it. <laughs> do it. Right. I think, well, that's, that's, that's a question more for the Christians since mm -hmm. those are folks that are more inclined to, to save themselves until they're married uh, for sex. But um, I guess this is more of a Christian question because a lot of cultures out there today, at least popular culture sort of in general is, you know, relationships that are already established, it's, it's fairly normal for them to be having sex already without being married or without being engaged. But scientifically, there is also some evidence that once you have sex with someone, it releases certain chemicals that bonds you. Mm. So uh, there's a bonding thing that ha that is happening. That's why uh, being sexually involved with someone before marriage can be um, can yeah it can muddle your thoughts. Like you, mm -hmm. you're not pr you're probably not going to be able to think well because just because you are already uh, physically bonded and physically too attached to this person that you're going to fail to mm -hmm. like see this person in real in real light like what this person is really like. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, a lot of marriages happens that way that they just get f too physically attracted to each other, bam, had sex, and then divorced immediately. Mm. Uh, like a couple of um, 
months after marriage because they just realized how incompatible they are. Mm. And mm. the only thing that uh, binded them at the beginning is physical intimacy. Right. So, however, this question, let's go back to our question. Um, when we think about marriage, the, the book is trying to tell us that it shouldn't be too strong. That it shouldn't be your primary motive. Yeah, like that. The only reason is like because you're itching to be in bed, like you know, yeah. with this person, and um, it shouldn't be non-existent as right. well. Mm-hmm. Just like uh, you, you're, you don't feel any desire to, like you know, touch this person maybe or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it ha- there has to be a good balance. Like uh, imagine it a fire that is kind of like under control, it's nice and it's warm and Mm. it's not like destroying you and it's not also not there. (laughs) Right, it's not completely extinguished. Yeah. Uh, But I think it's important to say that when we talk about sexual desire and its role in, in marriage and in sort of going towards marriage, I guess, it is something, it's, it's, something that should be pushing you forward towards marriage. Right, you know, yeah. It just shouldn't be the, the primary way that you're moving towards it, right? Because, like, you know, if you notice, um, even at the beginning of this episode, we've been uh, stating the fact that marriage is going to be difficult. Mm. And uh, sex is probably a good reward, at least. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's something that's going to keep you together. Yeah, and keeps like the relationship in balance like you know mm-hmm. and in the bible there are uh commandments wherein like you know you do not uh you should not deny yourselves to your partner to your yeah. husband like that or to your wife because it uh once you get married it is now your responsibility to keep your uh husband or your wife sexually fulfilled <laughs> uh when we Look back to these questions, like from number one to number five, we can see how answering these questions truthfully and discussing this with your partner can really help you understand the society as well, because uh, the family is the smallest unit of the society, right? So everything actually, it's a building block of the society. So you can see it as a small model of what society should look like. So uh, we're taking that seriously here at Lovey Dummies. We, <laughs> we're hoping to build, like, you know, a good community, uh, good families. And like we said, we're not really giving any advice, but we're hoping that these questions can help you reflect and think about um, important things before you get married. Okay, Pearl, can you read those questions again for our listeners to summarize? Sure. Number one, is your relationship centered on God and His glory? Number two, are you growing in friendship, communication, fellowship, and romance? Number three, are you clear on your biblical roles as man and woman? Number four, are other people supportive of your relationship? And number five, is sexual desire playing too big or too small a part in your decision? We encourage you to approach these questions humbly and with a desire to grow.
this is a Creative Commons podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Lovey Dummies. And if you have any similar experiences or some totally unrelated stories, you can share it with us. Our email is lovenotes at loveydummies.com. Or you can fill out the anonymous contact form on our home on the web, loveydummies.com. Thank you.